Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of SaaS Talk with me, Varun Adai. I have Ashwin Krishna with me today. Ashwin heads the growth marketing team at TAC.ai and he's a marketing veteran who's been helping SaaS and product companies across the map to achieve hyper growth for over 15 years now. Hey Ashwin, it's great having you here. Thank you so much for your time. Hey Varun, uh, how are you doing today? I'm good Ashwin, how's it been? been good i think uh, i don't i don't think i can call myself as a veteran but suddenly what i can call myself is a marketer by choice especially saas marketer by choice um an engineer by profession engineer by sorry engineer by education <laughs> sorry i get this wrong most of the times um so i think i've been quite uh, fortunate to fo- have found this passion of really helping companies to achieve hyper growth through structured marketing programs right you know very well well planned structured uh, thought through marketing programs right so i'm very eager to know what your journey has been like ashwin like where did you start and how did you how did you get to where you are today so sure, great uh, i think you know majority of the people what they do is uh, especially in india is they get into either engineering or medicine um, I had a passion for medicine. I did get a medicine seat, but I didn't took it because I had the conception that okay, I should start my career very soon because of the financial constraints. And uh, you're there, engineering. So did my engineering, then uh, followed by rest of my friends to take up a take up a job in a in a startup company. Um, uh, joined a startup got fired in the first 11 months because the company didn't do well then um, i think that gave me a lot of time to introspect and i did get a job uh, immediately but uh, it actually that one month i really spent time to understand what i really want to do and and uh, you know i was i was actually not happy i was not a good programmer so i spent some time in the new job uh, i got a lateral movement into a marketing role and then from there it was you know not you know i never looked back so I think all the way from Juniper, where I joined after this startup, uh, you know, till that, I think it's been a phenomenal journey. I did get a chance to work with uh, small startups, fortune finance company like Juniper. I saw the journey of, uh, saw the growth journey of any company, right? From literally zero to zero to, let's say a possibly, possibly billion dollar plus, which is, uh, you know, which is Juniper, right? I saw the processes saw the thought process, saw how the teams are built and grown, uh, you know, from, from various stages, right? From zero to 10, let's say 10 to 100 and, you know, 100 plus. So I think I've been fortunate to see companies across stages and across geographies, uh, all the way from the US to Africa. You know, uh, you know, that's about me, actually. That's a great story, Ashwin. Very inspiring, uh, especially to us from... Bangalore because we can all relate with the engineering background and coming from there to marketing. And so it's very inspiring to know where it can take you if you do the right things, right? So let's uh, get into growth marketing, Ashwin. What is growth marketing and at what stage of the company does a growth marketer usually get hired? Sure. Uh, I think that's a great question. I think uh, the thing is, so the one thing which everyone, right, be it the 
with the founder, the marketing team, or a new person, new hire, you know, which gets acquired or who gets hired into the company. Everyone in the company or every entity, even the investor, right? Uh, what they would like is growth, right? Growth is possibly the most awesome thing, you know, uh, everyone would like, right? Because growth is progression, actually. And hence, uh, in from the first principles thinking, I think growth actually starts from, uh, you know, it, it starts before you li- before you write the first line of code, right? Because growth possibly when you actually don't write a line of code and you have a product idea, you now growth is about moving from you know moving from three ideas, finalizing you know one idea, and then from one idea it's about building a prototype and then so on and so forth, right? It's really like, uh, uh, you know, how, how, how does the journey of a seed uh, to a sapling, to a plant and a tree uh, goes, right? Then that's how, you know, journey of a startup or a company, uh, you know, relates to. So growth, I think, starts from day zero itself. And, you know, it's really about the founder and the founding team has to be cognizant about uh, the first thing they got to do from, from the growth point of view is, um, I'm not talking about the product side. I'm talking more from the branding and the growth side of it. It's about being absolutely clear about what's the purpose of the company, uh, what is the value they want to bring into the industry, and what are the key problems they want to solve, and start talking about it, right? And that is nothing but building the brand, you know, from from day zero. And that's where I think the growth journey starts. And uh, I think the first person who is responsible for growth is nothing but the founding team, right? Nothing but the either the founder or the founding team. They have to be the custodians of the growth. Uh, you know, a lot of the folks, you know, they spend time on product, uh, but there is another segment or another layer of growth, right? Which is about really bring, building the brand. You know, it's about really telling those stories, which very slowly translates into revenues, right? You know, revenue is a great indicator of growth. Uh, and even if before they write the first line of code, I think they should really start talking about what they want to do, you know, have a great website, uh, and at least start, let's say, you know, have a medium, uh, you know, medium uh, handle and then start writing about it. I think that's where it starts. You know, put it short, the first hire or first person who would be responsible for growth is the founder or the founding team themselves. Right, so you're saying the growth marketing team starts with the founders. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does a startup at level zero start off building their growth marketing team? Sure. So, <clears throat> so before I jump there, I think I will, I will give a quick, uh, you know, I think we just have to introspect and really figure out uh, you know, what should a company, let's say at level zero, right? Level zero is when they're trying to build a product, they're trying to find the product market fit. You know, what are the what are the few important things they've got to do, right? You know, before jumping into the growth story, actually. I think the first thing they really have to figure out is, uh, you know, finding their ideal customer uh, segment. Uh, because the market is always big. Uh, entrepreneur thinks everyone is a customer. But the most important thing is to really refine and be logical and really put a very systematic framework figuring out, okay, how big is the market for a specific segment uh, you know, you have, let's say, two or three segments you want to go after, uh, systematically thinking, what are the filters you want to put in to refine these two, three segments, you know, boil down into one or two, uh, revenue-wise, uh, what competitive products they're using, what is the maturity of the company, 
and some of that actually. And it all starts with that ICP and then second is really about um, uh, understanding, you know, what are the key personas you're targeting? Let's say you're building a uh, DevOps uh, product, then who exactly in the tech team is going to use your product, right? Who exactly is going to buy your product? You know, the owner one of, uh, you know, identifying the buying community. I think that's, that's really crucial. That's really the foundation for growth marketing because uh, in marketing, the basic, you know, premise is finding your audience, right? I think now that you've found the type of the company you want to go after, the type of people who are going to use your product and buy your product, then it's all about, you know, starting to implement, right? Starting to implement things. I think in the early phase where you're trying to find the product market fit, you would either have no money, right? When you're bootstrapping and uh, you'd rather put all your resources in building the product, which is the right thing to do. And you would possibly raise some funds, but you have very little money actually, right? And that's the situation for most of the companies. Uh, so what should we do, right? Uh, I think uh, the, the basic premise is about understanding what is it that companies have to do at this stage with minimum effort and which would possibly give maximum impact actually. Right, I think one, one model we can really use is uh, from the channel point of view, right? Is figuring out uh, what's the demand, uh, demand for your product um, in, in specific channels. So for example, you know, if, you, if you are working on a commoditized product, for example, we're working on a CRM product, for example, let's CRM as a search as a category has uh, possibly a couple of hundred thousand keywords, you know, in uh, in Google search. So what it means is, then you have to prioritize uh, uh, paid marketing, right? Uh, because there is demand, and then people are searching, and there is a very high intent for people to buy. To just extend this, right? Uh, you got to figure out. So what is the demand for your product across the different channels? Be it LinkedIn, you know, be it search. Uh, are there any communities? where your buyers go and hang out. So you've got to find, you know, different places your buyers and your users go and hang out. It's a tech product, you know, there is Stack Overflow and there is uh, developers, there is GitHub, uh, and a whole bunch of other communities, right? So there's communities, there is channels uh, where your users will go and hang out. And you want to figure out, okay, what is the volume of people who go there? For example, uh, there is a, let's say you're targeting a niche product for pharma vertical. Let's say there's a pharma community where uh, people go and read stuff and they uh, exchange notes, etc. And that can be possibly your first channel to go after, right? Rather than going after LinkedIn and spending money. So I think that's the that's the premise actually. Looking at uh, different options where your uh, audience are moving, and then what's the demand, and then most importantly, are you able to make, uh, are you able to achieve the objective you want to get done in uh, in level zero? Uh, so the the stage at which uh, at the stage one, right, stage zero, or stage one, where you're trying to find a product market fit, the most important uh, question you got to ask is uh, like how many customers do you want to talk to, and how many beta customers you want to scale in let's say six to nine months or let's say in one year, and then you've got to backtrack and use this framework to figure out uh, what channels you can go after, and uh, a couple of more things, right? I think. I know really in this in this stage, um, so going back to the storytelling, I think website is a great, uh, it's possibly the single biggest opportunity uh, 
most of the companies ignore they what they do is they they get a freelancer they possibly you know have the tech team to spend a couple of days to build a wordpress website uh, and they say okay the website is ready and and we are good to go right so i think having the website is possibly one of the single biggest activities people have to do in this in this space because it's going to tell the story to multiple people investors your early hires your you know earliest customers actually so website is like super critical i think that's that's number two apart from the framework i said you know number two is website number three is uh, uh, mostly the selling happens through founding team right the founders do the selling they find the references and get this beta customers and uh, after that i think the most critical point is how do you really uh, get stories out of these customers early customers because um, customer stories is possibly one of the another important opportunity which toy brands ignore or possibly you know they try to do it but they don't get it right so it's very critical for founding team to have this beta customer speak let's say in a video or give a testimonial talking about how did they actually win using the product it's not about the startup or the company it's about the customers and where were the where were the customers before the product uh, how did they become heroes by using the product i think that's extremely critical actually and uh, third and the most important thing is about uh, we spoke about search i think i will not go there third and the most important thing is really uh, figuring out especially if you are in an enterprise uh, enterprise saas company really you have to figure out how do you uh, take a few companies uh, from the icp you know i spoke about icp you know start building content which is relevant for them right uh, you know you you build uh, i think one of the few things which have worked for us is you know building a long form uh, extremely useful and relevant guide uh, again when you're talking about devops let's say definitely guide for uh, a devops engineer right or a definitely guide for a devops manager so what are the let's say 10 things uh, in a devops manager have to look at in let's say scaling up the team just for an example and having this i think is very useful where uh, you know you can you can pick up five companies uh, have a set of email sequences where we can use this relevant content as a you know as a as a way to actually connect with people and you know do a bunch of follow up calls i think this is the this is possibly the most cost effective way to start the outbound outreach right uh, you know paid marketing linkedin everything is there but um, i think one of the first things what we what actually also worked with capillary in uh, you know in the earliest days is you know uh, cold calling but right now cold calling is dead uh, i truly believe that but if you layer this cold calling with emails you know um, you know emails you know which is text based email 50 word or 100 word just talking about how can we solve problems for the persona and giving them some really useful content and after a few touch points asking them for a meeting with is going to work actually sorry i actually took some time but uh, i think this is the most critical i thought it is the most critical question i think which most of the startup founders will be looking for those were some great points ashwin uh, thank you so much for that so i think like you said the founders start off with 
growth marketing, right? And like Dave Gerhardt says, the most successful founders are the ones that understand marketing. Right? So I think founders who understand marketing play a vital role in setting up the foundation for the company's marketing and growth. Absolutely. I think, sorry, just to add on, I think this is a very important point you made. Um, see, a founder has to be a multifaceted person, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that it ha- he has to be, he or she has to be master of everything, but uh, he, let's say, you know, someone is a product veteran or someone is an engineering leader who started a company. But there are a few basic premises or basic things from, from the branding and the storytelling they got to actually, right? So take the example of, let's say, Mark Benioff. He's a marketeer. Uh, he used to, I think, lead marketing for Oracle, one of our Oracle product suits. You take example of Girish Mathibutam, uh, you know, who, who started Freshworks. I think uh, a lot of this uh, hyperscale growth companies, uh, you know, it's either they a- actually have very consciously did marketing as a CEO or they are actually born storytellers. Uh, you brought out a very important point. Uh, so I think the, the deal is if you're not a storyteller, you, you have to get help, uh, get help of a, of someone in your team who's good at that. And, you know, you, you start uh, talking about it. it. It's okay. You're not, you're not a great storyteller. It's okay to actually make a few mistakes, but the, the key is, you know, to start talking, you know, start telling stories about your company. How did you start and what is your objective and what is the reason of your existence? Great. Yeah, those are, those are some great points, Ashwin. Thanks again. So what is a typical day like for you as a growth marketing head? I'm very curious to know. Well, I think uh, they always looks interesting. I think, uh, I think one answer is, uh, you know, it, it totally depends on what stage, uh, what stage of the quarter or what stage of the campaign you are in. But I'll try and, and, try and simplify this answer actually. Uh, I think the day would typically start with uh, looking at your dashboard, looking at your uh, you know, report in terms of, you know, let's say you have your North Star as leads and North Star as, uh, uh, let's say, pipeline, which is slightly a long-term metric. You know, really start there, right? Because growth is about building a predictable and scalable, uh, let's say, marketing program, uh, programs, you know, to be specific, actually. So it all starts with where do you get, you know, where do you want to get to, let's say, after a month, after a week, or after, let's say, quarter. So it all starts with looking at, you know, a few metrics, looking at uh, what are the key things which are working, what are the things, let's say, which needs an immediate fix. Let's say you're running a SEM campaign, like really looking at the past day data, let's say the past one week data. Is there a consistent trend in, let's say, a competition coming and really eating up the impression share? Right to all the way to, let's say you run an email campaign and you know let's say you know uh, you launched an email campaign yesterday, looking at you know how much, how many open rates, benchmarking it with, you know what, you know what has been the standard, etc. It all starts with the metrics, and the second is really looking at um, you know what's the, what is it that you have in plan, uh, let's say for today, versus the weekly plan, right? Weekly plan. You possibly have, you know, uh, two campaigns to be launched, uh, one campaign to be optimized, and uh, and let's say experiment with a bunch of things. Let's say you got to allocate some time to uh, really let your mind free, and 
uh, think through some of these experiments we want to do actually. And uh, yeah, I think the rest part of the day is all about, uh, uh, I would definitely allocate one, one, one chunk of the, or one segment of the day in really putting my thoughts together, which I will possibly not implement it right away, but I will, the moment I get an idea, I will actually go and put it somewhere. Uh, you know, let's say you read something and you figure out, let's say, uh, for example, you know, I, I read something called uh, the whole idea of comment, comment jacking, right? Comment jacking is a interesting idea where uh, either on a LinkedIn or on a Twitter, uh, let's say one of your competitors, one of the influential person, you know, would go and tweet or, you know, put a post. Uh, if, if you have a point of view, maybe a, a opposite or a, a similar point of view, go and comment on it. So the point is, you know, let's say you are, uh, you are a, let's say an individual, you know, who, who are essentially, you know, you know, helping companies to build a brand. And then, you know, you're following a marketing influencer. He writes something, he or she writes something. You go and comment on, on his or her post. There are high chances that people who are reading, you know, his, this influencer post will also read your comment. So I read about this and then now I'm thinking about, you know, how do we use this, right? Um, I think to summarize, it all starts with metrics. It then it's about it all goes to execution, right? So some of the small term are you know small term changes we gotta do with campaigns, you know, you know making those changes. Then uh, spending some time with you know planning for the campaigns, it, it be it, uh, you know writing a copy or thinking about how do you allocate or how do you you know tweak the budget, you know, uh, in terms of let's say you are you are investing some money. And finally, you know, uh, spending some time to really read and, you know, sort of internalize some of the ideas you put up because growth marketing is all about making some structured experiments and then learning from that. Yeah, I think I will end the day with possibly, you know, putting a plan for the next day, right? Next day and then prioritizing it, uh, you know, how does it look like? And it's, uh, and I think we got to mimic, uh, you know, what you're doing as a structured experiment you know, for your life itself, you know, planning your day better and planning your uh, week better. Right. So talking about planning, the, one of the biggest problems that marketers face is planning ahead and making a roadmap, correct? So how do you go about planning for growth and who else is involved in this process? Sure. Uh, I think planning is, you know, one place where a lot of the people spend time and the reality of uh, and the, the reality is not a lot of the plans get executed right and that's the reality uh, and I've gone through this multiple uh, times uh, no one to blame right because I think the biggest learning from this whole experience is involve the right people when you do the planning right uh, right people would be all the way from sales uh, you know, let's say you are marketing head, your marketing team, and then finally uh, looking at other stakeholders. Let's say you want to do customer marketing, ensure you have the customer success leader involved in at least that part of the discussion. Let's say you want to put out a bunch of engineering blog posts. Don't go and tell them, okay, this is what we're doing, right? They, they just possibly don't like what, what ideas we have, right? So involve them, you know, in that segment of, uh, of the discussion, actually. I think it all starts with, uh, you know, putting a, a team of people, uh, let's say a representative from each function, let's say if it's a large enough setup, 
and then you know really aligning it uh, really aligning them with the key objective right uh, so marketing shouldn't work as another siloed function but it the growth marketing has to align very strongly with let's say the revenue numbers or the order book numbers companies has uh, so to give you an example right at capital so what we used to do is we used to plan for a uh, a lead uh, a lead uh, number we used to plan for x number of leads and y dollar pipeline uh which should possibly get consumed in next quarter by the sales team because we used to have a three month sales cycle so our premise was simple our quarter planning for let's say for q2 is all about building pipeline uh which would get closed in q3 so q3 target of sales folks was our q2 target you know uh, translating into pipeline and leads and this is the kind of orchestration and this is a kind of sync you got to build i think you are going to be successful because you are doing a planning which is more uh, outside in right you're not going and proposing something which you want but you are actually doing something which the company wants or which the sales team want and i'm not saying that you know you have to go and just run you know what uh, what the company wants but it has to be uh, it has to be about okay there is a bigger objective of getting let's say 10 million dollar pipeline uh, again you have the freedom as marketing team to really achieving that how you achieve it is something where you know where you have a freedom actually so i think in a nutshell uh, it's about working with the sales team fundamentally to start with very very closely uh, all starts with you know spending a lot of time in figuring out to you know how the next quarter you want to be at least uh, at least couple of weeks not even couple of maybe three weeks before the quarter starts and then really having a lot of the data points Uh, as a standard data points right which is the, what is the target market size which categories uh, do should we target and what's the let's say what's the volume of people who are in linkedin what is the volume of keywords in search if you have all of this baseline data points right then planning would be a very easy process otherwise you know, every time you go back and say which channel should i go for you will ask the same questions every quarter uh, during every quarter planning so if you have the data points in one hand if you have the framework in second hand and the third hand you know if you have a very tightly aligned thought process with the teams i think the planning would be more about you know what you execute what you possibly execute you know rather than just a plan which gets presented in the in the quarterly business review right so you spoke about experimenting with new channels correct so with we all know that there are new channels opening up every day for lead acquisition so how big of a priority is it for you to experiment with these channels and how would you go about this process sure yeah absolutely i think that's uh, that's really a part that's one of the fundamental uh, uh, responsibilities of a growth marketer uh, so i'll just go back to the same point you know it's a simple framework right you got to figure out okay uh, there are 10 channels okay which channels has the highest demand or where your target audience or where your buyers and influencers go and flock together it can be a linkedin group to it can be a uh, let's say a medium uh, platform where people are actually reading about you know let's say about productivity or it can be you know uh, a it can be in google adwords where actually you know it's it's a paid marketing platform right uh, it it can be about the volume of the searches which people are you know really trying so finding this you know i think the framework is note down all the channels 
note down what's the demand each channel has. And then the second parameter, you've got to figure out whether this channel requires money, if it's how much, and also figuring out how much time you will take to get this channel right. Um, for example, if you have a lot of search volume, um, I think search can be an absolutely important channel to start uh, in, in early phase of the company because uh, paid marketing or let's say SEO and SEO would take time uh, and hence you have to start but you can't rely on SEO results from day one. Rather you would say if you have money, I'll put it in paid marketing you know, while I get results from SEO. And paid marketing is important because uh, it, it, if, if, if it has volume, it would give you immediate results. What I mean is if somebody is looking for a productivity software, uh, if you get ranked, they come to your website and they submit. Uh, most the chances of them converting into a customer is very high because they are searching and there is possibly an inherent need. I think we can use this framework where you put in the demand uh, you know, of each channel, whether the number of people on LinkedIn, number of searches, or what is, let's say if you want to partner with an affiliate and put a banner ad, figure out you know, what's the number of, uh, what's the traffic they get every month uh, and what segment of the traffic is relevant to them. So things like that, right? So demand is one, one column. And second column is, uh, you know, how much money you would need to get, let's say the first 10 leads. And the third column is, is it a short term or a long term game? So if you put this in a matrix, and then the way we should really balance out is uh, lesser money uh, and lesser time it takes to get the first few leads. Uh, I think this is a framework we can use. And uh, as I said, in an early phase, there is a bunch of things like website, email, SEO, SEM, which is possibly going to work. And the growth phase is all about scaling up a set of things in this early phase. Uh, you can also introduce you know, paid LinkedIn, you can work with some of the GTM partners, you know, if you're working with a cloud vendor like AWS, you should work with them closely. Uh, you know, experiment with a bunch of uh, you know, virtual event, webinar kind of a format, right? Where you possibly would have gained some traction in early phase. You have an audience whom you can nurture. You can, you can try it in uh, growth phase. And in the mature phase, it's all about uh, doing a set of things in a very predictable manner uh, you know, based on the learnings. Uh, I think this is a phase where you have to really build a advanced, you know, attribution model where, uh, which will tell you, let's say you have 10 channels you are, you are present, uh, what channels are influencing at what stage, let's say somebody has come to your LinkedIn ad, but they've actually come to a website after three months and then they finally signed up. So you've got to build this attribution model, which really helps you understand what channel would help you in what stage, whether it's in a first click or let's say in a last click or everything in between, right? Uh, I think that's in a nutshell. I think uh, it's a big topic to cover, but uh, I think you, if you use this framework, I think people would be able to figure it out. Great, Ashwin. I like the way you broke the answer down into different phases. Okay, so we spoke about a startup at level zero sometime back, right? So as the company grows, they also look to grow into multiple geographies and you have helped a number of companies to expand and grow into places across the map. So what are some of the challenges you faced and, and how do you go about the GTM strategy? Sure. Absolutely. I think, uh, 
uh, again, as uh, as you know, SaaS founders or SaaS uh, and a founding team, you, I think the beauty of SaaS is you can you can sell the product to anywhere, literally anywhere in the globe, right? And that's the beauty of SaaS. So I think going back to some of my experiences, right? Um, so fundamentally, let's say at Capillary, you know, we were present all the way from uh, Saudi Arabia in you know towards the west to all the way till Thailand in the east eastern side of, of the globe. I think, uh, so some of the learnings, you know, uh, from capillary are, uh, uh, especially if you're having a multi-geo approach, I think number one is GTM for every country would change, right? So you can't really copy and paste uh, what has worked in the US, you know, to India, what has worked in India, you know, to, to let's say Singapore, our Southeast Asian market. Uh, and you've got to do some experiments. You've got to really spend uh, the same framework I said, right? Let's say you are launching into a new country. Or let's say you have five different countries and you want to prioritize. Again, you've got to use the same framework saying, okay, um, how big the market is in each country, right? And then what are the different channels where people are flocking in this country, right? For example, uh, you know, when we, when we actually launched products in, in, uh, in the Middle East, uh, sorry, in the Southeast Asia, I know Southeast Asia, uh, it, it actually happened quite early in the, in the phase of uh, in the capillary. And then when we're trying to launch something in the Middle East, things didn't work. Uh, you know, we tried to do similar things what we did in Southeast Asia, but, um, you know, to give you a simple example, the number of searches in, uh, in let's say in Singapore or in Southeast Asia was far lesser compared to, uh, compared to let's say in UAE or Saudi because people were not really searching something, right? Uh, they were not searching number of people who were searching for a crm or a loyalty platform in the middle east was possibly one third you know compared to compared to southeast asia and of course there is the parity of uh, economy and some of that would come into place uh, the gtm approach let's say for the middle east was completely different where we actually work with local partners uh, we actually work with them and then we did a bunch of events we actually took them to some of the events so i think it was a more of an offline activity, I would say, where it was completely partner-led. While in, in the Southeast Asia, you know, we did uh, we took a more uh, digital-first approach. I think in a nutshell, the idea is, uh, so one, the most important thing is figure out where are you getting signals uh, in terms of the demand, right? For example, you know, you have a global customer uh, who have a presence in, uh, let's say, Singapore, and then can you go and ask them uh, to 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 get a new business, let's say in Australia, I think one of the simple ways you can do, especially when you have a bunch of global customers, is to ask them to, you know, get you through another new country. I think that's one interesting way to expand your uh, expand your you know global footprint actually. And I think that's more from a company point of view. I think from a marketing point of view, to sum up, uh, you know, you got to really figure out this early signals. You know, where, uh, let's say, looking at your Google Analytics, figuring out uh, where does the maximum traffic come from? You know, uh, uh, you know what are the other top five countries where your traffic is coming from, right? And use that as you know, possibly one proxy to finalize you know, which country to go. There are other proxies like, you know, what's your strength of your partner network? Uh, let's say, you know, what is your set of customers who have presence in, in a new country? So things like that, right? I think once you have this, uh, prioritization framework built, then it's all it's, then it's all about 
going to the second step where you figure out okay which, which talents would possibly work in this country and whether it is partner whether it is digital whether it is event and then it's all about doing structured experiment and then you know learning from there and moving forward right so finally as numbers are a growth marketer's best friend or i must say a marketer's best friend what metrics do you track sure absolutely i think uh, in it all starts and i think for for a marketing team and for a growth marketing team it all starts and ends with metrics it's it's really a mirror of the performance right performance of the team or a function um i think from the i think i'll i'll tell you from the saas point of view again uh, rather than giving a generic answer i think for saas marketing it's about uh, we can look at metrics in two three ways right so one is what i call as funnel metrics so funnel metrics is all about so looking at uh, uh, how many visitors you have for the website uh, and then how many signups you have how many mqls sqls the sales qualified rate and most importantly going further down figuring out you know what's the pipeline and uh, and then finally closure right this is the full funnel uh, approach we which which is ex- extremely important so i call this as you know one bucket of metric which is the funnel metric funnel metric uh, uh dashboard or the funnel metric report so second is around the cost right cost is about uh you know figuring out you know what's the cost of a cost of acquiring a mql uh you know from a specific channel so you let's say you have uh, uh let's say you have you know cost as a as a column and you have you know you have different channels uh you got to figure it out and then it's not about you know figuring out the final uh, it's not just about having a cost uh, cost customer acquisition cost as a singular metric but really breaking that down into granular metrics right so what's the cost of acquiring a mql uh, in different channel and then 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 going further actually uh, so it's really about uh, you know two things one the funnel metrics second is about cost uh, and really drilling that down channel wise uh, that is extremely important so that will help you understand you know which channel to prioritize so there might be linkedin channel where you, which is giving you a lot of leads uh, top of the funnel leads but however it is not converting so hence you got to figure out you know how do you convert this insight into uh, into you know uh, nurturing this mqls into srls through using other campaigns and finally the third and the most important thing is uh, revenue focused metrics which is la- largely around uh, you know what is the what is the uh payback period right what is a payback period you know what it means is how many months or how many years uh does it take uh for your customer to become profitable actually right and the most important thing in a saas world is uh so what is the ltv which is lifetime value and you know we spoke about the customer acquisition cost which is uh, either you know one way to look at is uh cost of your marketing spend uh you know how much does it take to acquire on you know, one customer uh, so this whole ltv by cat it has to be more than 3 and that's that's you know one in you know, a one best practice right uh, so i think to um, wrapping up i think two types of three types of metrics funnel metrics which will help you assess the entire funnel let's say for each channel or you know as an aggregate second is a you know, cost metrics uh, you know really figuring out cost at each each uh, part of the funnel and third is you know the really the 
the aggregate metrics are the revenue focus metrics, right? Which is uh, LTV, CAC, and payback period. Okay, great. That was a lovely conversation we had, Ashwin. Thank you so much. Uh, I learned a great lot from this. And I'm sure people listening to this uh, have learned a lot as well. And it's always nice to talk to marketing leaders like you and learn from people like you. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my, it's my pleasure and honor, uh, Varun. I think hopefully you know, this would be useful for, uh, for the audience who are actually listening. And I wish them all the best. And you know, the final thing I really want to tell them is uh, you know, keep experimenting and keep learning. And uh, um, typically, eight out of the 10 cases, you would possibly fail in the initial phases. But the most important thing is to figure out uh, a structured way of putting experiments together. And then the absolutely then the chances of you know, failures would be lesser. And, and other way to look at it is the chances of success would be far higher. And I really wish all of them the best. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and a cheers to metrics and growth marketing. Thank you, Ashwin. I wish you all the best as well. And thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, uh, Varun. And then wishing you the best as well. And, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, you were passionate for uh, SaaS. And I really wish you become a successful, you know, SaaS marketer, SaaS leader. Thank you so much.